We all have heard horror stories of how a remodel nearly tore a couple apart, as well as how impactful our environment can be on our state of well-being. Remodels don't have to end in divorce, and we can reflect our true selves in our environment with the right approach. Welcome to Psychotecture. My name is Rachel Melvald, and I'm a psychotherapist and designer. Psychotecture was developed as a methodological approach to ease issues that come up in design challenges, as well as the philosophy on how our environment can reflect our highest selves. Each week, I will interview an expert in the field of design and psychology to shed light on design challenges. I will also have a special series called The Psychotech is In, where I can offer help to those in design intervention need. Welcome to The Psychotech is In. This week, we are going to our segment on meeting the experts. And today, I have my go-to contractor, Kevin Garnier, who I am delighted to have as a guest. He is a really respected, valued, and much-needed contractor. He's trustworthy. He is one who gets under the foundation of the house and will look at the underbelly of our psyche, and our homes. So without any further ado, let's introduce our guests. Today on The Psychotect is In, we are starting our series with Meet My Design Team, and it would not be a design team or any series without my contractor, Kevin Garner. He is one of those contractors that you can trust that will get the job done, works in very high-end projects. And from what I understand and have heard, you will even get under a house and explore anything foundationally. But let's start with that, Kevin. Let's let's introduce you in how you get, and this is psychologically speaking, how you get under and get in there. Well, see, here's here's the thing. And first of all, I am honored to be here. This is this is great. I am smiling from ear to ear. And it's certainly a break from the faces that I have to look at on a daily basis. So this works for me. Here's the thing. My thing with any sort of job, I can't tell somebody how to do something that I don't know how to do myself. And a lot of times these guys think, well, you're just talk and you are like, all right, shut up. I'm going under there. I'm going to show you exactly what I'm talking about. And, and I have the battle scars to prove, look at, look at this nail. I don't know if you can see this nail. Look yeah. Nail. It's black and it's kind of eroding. It, it looks like it was injured. It was injured. It, it'll fall off hopefully any day now, but it's just it's growing out. Yeah, it's, that's just part of the process. And so I've been doing this long enough. Stuff doesn't even bother me. So yeah, getting underneath a house is is really no big deal. And we get all sorts of conditions thrown at us. I'll give you one quick example. We're going to start a project on Monday in a lovely city of Gardena, California. And the house has not seen love, if you will, <laughs> I'm going to say 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Deprived of love house. Yeah, you can walk in there and literally in one room see the sky. They had raccoons living in the attic. Oh, because the vermin had eaten through. Yeah, exactly. So, and the unbelievable amount of money they have to spend just so we can get it to being a blank slate. We're talking, they got to spend almost $50,000 just for us to clear everything out and demo it. 
Okay, so this is a new buyer that bought this property yeah. that yeah, has property, yeah. been and, destroyed. And so we have to turn it around. And, and before you can turn anything around, you got to get rid of everything that's not needed, everything you don't want. Yeah, so as a contractor, you're not only obviously the crucial part of getting all the new orders in place and you're behind the build, but it's a cleanup job getting rid of the old. Nail on the head. You have to get rid of the old before you can bring in the new. And it'll drive anyone crazy if you're slightest bit organized to see just stuff that doesn't belong. We have to, we actually have to go in there and take down all the drywall to the studs. That's how much of a blank slate we have to make this particular house. But yeah, we got to take out all the old before we can do the new. So you have to take it down to the studs. And when you met this prospective buyer, can you kind of tell our viewers from A to Z if they need to hire a contractor like yourself, like you're working on this project, how does that, if you are going to do a teardown, um, you know? How do I explain that to you? Yeah. What would be like, if you could kind of break it down into a certain amount of steps from A to Z, how you went into this project and how other viewers who are either looking at new homes and needing a contractor for remodeling or doing something like you're doing. I talk to them first. I try to figure out what it is they really want, what it is they really need. I try to, and I think I'm good at this sometimes, I try to see if their eyes match their bank account. And I know you know what I mean, because oftentimes people will see stuff in magazines and they'll see it on a television show. And, and uh, <laughs> I have to say the shame on you, HGTT, for sometimes doing this, but you, you give people this unrealistic expectation that, you know, these grand designs can be done for little or nothing. <laughs> so I, I try to pull all that out of them. And then I have to say, look, we have to start from scratch, okay? I'll give you an example. A lady contacted me a few weeks ago and she wanted her bathroom remodeled. Just a bathroom. Mm-hmm. The whole house was such a wreck. I couldn't do the bathroom. I had to tell her, look, I'm not going to do your bathroom unless you do the entire house. Oh, wow. So that must have been a awakening. Well, for her it was because I haven't heard back from them since. And they they probably found someone to do the bathroom. But um, the, the house was such a wreck. I just, I, I didn't, I couldn't do it, you know, and feel good about myself taking their money, knowing that they need more work than what they think. So I, I just have to listen. And then I have to, in a very non-threatening way, not damaging their self-esteem, their ego, and say, look, this is what you really need versus what you really want. I go for need. Right. So you go for need first. So a lot of it is there's even just in the relational, somebody comes to you with these grand visions or just even this, oh, I just want to remodel my bathroom and thinking this is easy. And you kind of have to, like a doctor, break the bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them, look, this is not as easy as it looks. This is what it's going to cost. Certain costs like labor remain constant and, and uh, materials, you know, you can shop around. I don't really like to shop around. I like stuff there. I think you waste more time and energy looking for a bargain sometimes instead of, look, we know these people have what you need. It may cost a little bit more, but it's there. 
I have to just give them a, a reality check sometimes. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And your demeanor is such that you can relay the information, break down the cost, yeah, and just set it up from the get-go yeah. to give realistic expectations yeah. of what this project would, would take. Yeah. yeah, you know, in my mind, I do it because I love it, but we know we have to earn a living. We have to have a price attached to it. I'm not really trying to win any job when I get in front of someone. I'm simply trying to give them information. Now, if they go with my information, that's great. If they go with someone else, that's great. But one thing I know with me at the end of the day and the start of the day, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I'm going to tell them the truth. And in terms of my prices, I'm like, look, this is what I can do it for. If you can find someone who can do it for less, God bless you, God bless them. And you can still call on me and I'll give you free advice throughout the process. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And uh, But once again, everything with a smile. So, yeah. Yeah, so so you're willing just to put honesty and integrity in front of getting the job. And I have to be able to uh, live with myself. I realize contractors have a reputation that falls somewhere between lawyers and used car salesmen, you know, (laughs) because people entrust us with huge amounts of money. And some contractors have given us a bad reputation. So I, I look, I know how you guys might feel about us going in and everybody knows somebody. Oh, I know a guy who can do this. Okay. So I, I just go in there and I feel if I'm honest, it will work out the way it's supposed to work out. Yeah. So you really don't have a dog in the hunt other than just just being who it. I am and and hopefully the relationship that I make as I'm working for these people is long lasting. It would be nice if they recommend me to someone. Of course, if they're not happy with what I do, they're going to tell more people about how I mess things up. <laughs> so I'd rather lose a little money and make sure the job is done right as opposed to um just getting it done with the bottom line being my only focus. Right. And that's why we have to, for me, why I work with you and why I look at a design team as people we can trust that has the value of what the build can be for our clients and not to be greedy in that process. And so like you said, there is this reputation that takes hold. So I don't know if you're an outlier in that, but how does that work when there is a bidding process? And so somebody's looking to remodel, let's say right now they buy a fixer upper and and they bring you along. At what point should they get you involved in the process? When they're looking at it before they purchase it. Okay. Because I can tell them this is what it's going to cost to fix this. And then they know value. Look, this is what it's going to cost. Is it, How long you want to hold on to it? I, before they buy it, before they spend a dime on the property, they should bring someone like me who can almost look at certain things and go, whoa, this is good. Or, hey, this isn't so bad. Or you're really going to need this. Um, a lot of people are buying houses nowadays. And I, I caution people when they do that, bring a contractor with you, 
because when they do a lot of these flips, the work isn't what it should be. But it takes a trained eye to go, oh, man, look at that. <laughs> this is not going to last past the, the closing date. Because yes. you've seen some real doozies. You've seen some. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen um, I've seen where they were told it was a new roof and someone just covered it with new shingles. It was still leaked to the Dickens. Uh, yeah, I've seen work. My poor neighbors bought a house. Very nice people. But they bought a house. They just bought a house on my block. And they are, um, <laughs> they got some problems. It just. Right. So the, there are some issues and some ways that people will not be forward as to what the house will really require in a remodel. So yeah. the entry point would be to come with them while they're looking at the house. I, um, I have a, a lady right now who is looking to buy a house and she turned down to what seemingly would have been great deals. But when I told her what it was going to cost to put in there what she wanted and the condition of the house. She passed on both because it would have cost her a lot of money. And she, you know, so I, she I passed on the house. She, she passed she, on two houses, as a matter of fact. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're really a crucial part of the real estate team. And I have a realtor I work with too. And to really give it the evaluation at the get-go to see really what is this investment and yes, but but then again, so are you, number one, because everybody says they want something, but you have the ability to see and to know if they're really ready for the emotional commitment behind spending money. That's right. Because I don't care, I don't care who you are and how much money you have. You put out X amount of dollars for the probably the most largest, the largest purchase you're ever gonna make in your life, you are in it emotionally. That's right. And and you can't just walk away from it once you sign those papers. Hey, man, that's 15 or 30 years. I got to be paying for this thing. At what interest rate? Oh, I, so you have to know if they're ready for it. You also have to tell them even more so than me whether or not the vision they have for that house is even uh, possible. And that's another emotional process because everybody has a way they feel about something and uh and thank you for mentioning that, that the emotional stakes in a purchasing of a home, let alone putting more money into this remodel to see if it's going to rob you of your bank or to really sustain you and, and increase and enhance your well-being overall, you know, for so many years. So the stakes of the amount of years and to be living with it, it's the emotional investment yeah. comes in at that time. I think one of the biggest things that professionals such as myself and you have to do is throughout the entire process is just remain calm because everybody's looking at us. If we're nervous about something, they're going to be nervous. But this job and play it already that we're finishing up. The owner actually lives in New York. And so he is solely relying on me <laughs> and not everything goes as smoothly as you want it. But I don't let him know that I'm uh, a little bit concerned. And, and I just say, hey, man, it's going to get done. So we, we are the people to instill confidence in those who think they know. But if you don't do something every day, look, I know how to play basketball, but I don't play it every day. <laughs> so somebody who plays it every day would clean the court with me. I don't know architecture 
to the extent that you do. So I find that for you, Kevin, though, you have an ability to not only as a contractor, but you do have a great architectural design ability to get into the plans. You're not doing the renderings all the time, right? You're, you're able to work with the renderings and you're a great compliment to the architect. Well, I'll, I'll say thank you, but that's because when I see someone like yourself who really knows what they're doing, I steal <laughs> some of their, uh, the way they handle it. Oh, look how she does this. And I go, hey, and I see that vision. So I steal, I borrow, I, I try to, you know, match up with someone like you because I'm just in awe of people who can actually put together designs. I have my own ideas, but they won't remotely come close to what you can do. But you're also speaking to the way the relationship is built with a client. And so much of what I do is obviously supporting the design team, supporting the relationship between the clients themselves, as well as with you as a contractor and the architect and me, if I'm doing more of the interiors, not so much the exterior builds, it's almost like you're becoming a parent in that process. And so you're saying, creating this sense of stability, confidence, assurance is what you find to be supportive while you're in this process. That word team comes in is ever so appropriate because you know, everybody on the team should be like-minded. We, we, our goal is to get this thing done and everybody has their role. They understand their role. There's no ego involved other than uh, the normal ego that drives you to, to perfection. But I am just in awe of architects and people who really know design. I can put, look, if you give me a design to give it to me on paper or even just a picture, I can put it together. But sometimes I I can't do like you. You know, sometimes I can't walk into a room and see things. In your work, Kevin, as the contractor, once you see someone's vision and design plan, you really kind of are supportive. You're not competitor in that process. You're saying, you know what, let me source everything, get, you know, all the orders in, schedule it out. Because as I know, you're really helpful in creating a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Other people force you to think outside, not just the box, but your box. Because we we sometimes become so myopic, we think that, oh, we're the, our world is the only one that exists, and but it's not. And so if I see something that I like, I'll take that idea and present it to someone else. Go, look, I saw this over here, look great over there, and perhaps you may like it. And sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. For me, it's all uh, a team effort. It's about growth. It's a family. We come together when we come together and we try to have the most fun that we can possibly have on every project. Because if you really love what you do, it, you shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like work. That's what we're trying to get to is how a remodel can not only reduce the discord and the conflicts, but to create a more harmonious, enjoyable process. And I like to focus on, well, what works in these remodel situations? Because some clients will say, hey, I'm on the journey. I just interviewed a client and an architect, and she said, I just really was present with the process. And some clients just want to hide away and just say, let me know when it's done. 
because it's creating yes. too much anxiety for me. And then you have some who have so much money, they don't even care. They just want to walk in and see it done. I like those who like to get somewhat involved. No, I like them to be very involved with the designing part of it because, you know, that's fun. But when we're doing the actual work, I kind of prefer that the client steps back because they'll look at something that's unfinished and they'll think it's wrong. When in reality, it's just part of the process. Exactly. They're seeing it as there's something wrong. Something wasn't installed right. I have a couple who they're working with one of those bigger construction companies that are doing these, you know, home communities. Yes, yes. And they painted the stucco the wrong color. And this happens to be a very nervous person in life. He's, you know, as a psychotherapist, I can kind of evaluate and see that he has a lot of trauma anxiety about trusting people. And for him to see these mistakes, he has a hard time letting go when the contractor, the construction manager says, don't worry, it'll get done. So sometimes there's this, don't worry, it'll get done. And it's like, sometimes it's placating people and not getting done. It is. You know, so that's a fine balance of really saying, don't worry. Yeah, I see it. And I, uh... Don't really say that when I, I say to someone, I got this. I won't say, don't worry, I got this. Okay. That means okay. I'm giving all my, all my attention to this, good, bad, or indifferent. I am uh, the person you look at for however this turns out. You won't have to look far to point a finger. You're going to point the finger at me. I, right. I have no problem saying, saying I'm responsible. Yeah, I am responsible. That's, because that's I'm responsible, I will ensure that this change order goes in. Yeah. Yeah. Back to Playa del Rey, we had to do all new cabinets throughout the house. And I have a guy who does my cabinets. He totally dropped the ball this time. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, but I didn't, even though they had a contract with him, they wouldn't have known him if it weren't for me. So every time they had something that they didn't like, they picked up the phone and called me and that made them feel better. Right. So So in a way, because, you know, with some interior designers and other architects I work with, sometimes they they rather be the go-to person with the vendors or who they source to do the tiling or the cabinetry, that they'd rather be the responsible ones knowing they've picked who they've picked. Do you find that to be a preferable? Yeah, I like that because I rarely recommend people And so if I recommend a person, I know they're going to come through. For me, it just makes the client feel much more comfortable because they have one person to call. They don't have to jump through hoops to express their displeasure at any part of the Mm -hmm. process. Right. For you to be the one man to go to. Once the build starts, I'm the captain of the ship. And I mean, once you hand your design over to me, I am your hands. And Mm -hmm. so I take every aspect of that very seriously. And I ask a lot of questions. I probably over-communicate, which is a good thing, because I think people would rather know than not know. I never, here's what I don't do also. I never make a creative decision without consulting everyone. Okay. Never, ever, ever do I impose my will upon somebody else's. So overly communicate 
is a key variable to successful remodels and communicating it, very and much so. customer it's, satisfaction. It's, it's, yeah, just talk, 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 ask, 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 ask. And they'll tell you if you're asking too much, but I've rarely had someone tell me, oh, Kevin, that's enough. No, they like being involved. They like to see you working hard for the money they're paying you and they want to know that you care. Yeah. They'd rather you ask and consult versus oh, yes. just yes. back off and say, let me not bother them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But there are some, like you're saying, maybe like clients that might have a lot of money who just don't want to be bothered with the process can maybe not want to be bothered. I have a couple of those and uh, it's never problematic, but it always keeps me wondering because everybody has an opinion. Well, eventually they might not be satisfied. Exactly. So I'd rather know at the beginning, what do you really, 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 really want? Right. And that's what I appreciate when I come in is to really speak to what really connects to the client's desire, their psychological needs, the family, Mm -hmm. the couple, how to really unearth that at the beginning and really set out the ground rules. So I think... Kevin, I think this is why we're so aligned. And I think this is why, as I introduce you as a key member of my design team, how in future episodes and projects that we do, that we bring up some case studies, some that are successful, some that are more challenging, some that could be potentially disastrous. So this is just the beginning right now of introducing you. I've had a disaster too. Everybody has because you can't really get to be good at something until you're bad at it. We grow through our mistakes, but I don't have them anymore. Right. (laughs) Right. But it's humbling to know in the process. And as we kind of conclude this interview, it's going through the muck and the dirt. But like I was saying in the beginning, how you literally will crawl under the house. I will, (laughs) as they say on Star Trek, I will boldly go where no man has gone before. (laughs) I I really will. It doesn't bother me. I have been bitten by every creature known to man. I'm always concerned when I'm up in the Hollywood Hills that a snake or something is going to come out and get me. Well, that's, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Well, you get under these houses and, and in the hills, these snakes and these creatures. I was in this guy's yard late at night about two months ago. And I'm on the phone with his security who is in another state. And he asked me to go check this area while we're checking out his security cameras to see if they're working. And I go to this area, which is really dark. As soon as I put my foot down, I think it was a bat that just Oh, that is creepy. Do you have a headlamp, I assume? like I had a flashlight, but I wasn't going directly in the area where the bat was probably hiding. And it just came out at me. And I was like, oh, man. Like came at you like a bat out of hell. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) And they kind of fly in your face. They fly in your face. That's their defense mechanism to get bigger and to scare you. And it worked. It worked. Um, so you you were a little scared. Your yeah, primitive absolutely. response was... Yeah, but they are actually more afraid of you than you are of them. But that's, that's what you will go there. And psychologically speaking, oh. when we look at the foundation, that's where we have to know that it's strong 
And we want to anchor that and make sure everything underneath that is clean and clear. And we look at the dark side and that's kind of a psychology of us. We can't just hide stuff underneath because it'll come down. That's why I almost love going under these places because I want to make sure that whatever we're building is on a strong foundation, just like our team. We're all a part of the foundation. And if we're not strong, <laughs> everything we we touch is going to be garbage. We have to be strong. And so it, for me, it's just what I do. And I, f- I feel so blessed to be able to do this, earn a, a decent living and work with amazing people like I yourself. know it's such the part of the of the work is. is to be is. in the collaboration and yeah. really being able to support someone's vision of a home and it can be really rewarding work especially when you bring yourself someone with your values and your ability to communicate collaborate to the build and so you, I mean, we could just do a show on itself about underground houses uh, and how, what you find and what you do. That yeah, would be it, like, it, so, it, that yeah. would be a very exciting show in itself. As we conclude, I would like to tell guests how they would contact you. Is there a public way to contact you, a website uh, or, can, you, you know, know I, they, they can, can also go through me. They can go through you. They can find me on my Facebook page. I don't do a whole lot of advertising for the construction aspect because it's basically word of mouth. Right. So I'll have people who are interested in working with you. They're welcome to contact me at psychotecture.com, Rachel at psychotecture.com. And with our last words of wisdom and all the lovely stories you share, in the dark of our time right now, what are some maybe hopeful words for people in their homes or being in homes that, that you could just kind of share in our last moments here? Well, I mean, you know, nothing lasts forever. So be sure that this pandemic is going to go away. So in the midst of it, just look around you and try to appreciate what you have. What you have is always greater than what you don't have. So don't focus on other stuff. Focus, look in that mirror, take a time to evaluate yourself, love the people around you, and just be happy that you're alive. Because trust me, every day that you're blessed to wake up, that's your chance to make it better than the day before. And that's what you should try to do. And we build on that and, yes. you know, amen to that. I think if we're not appreciating and having gratitude for what we have, it's hard to grow what we want. It has yeah. to be based on the foundation of that. So it's going to fly right by you. That's right. So amen to that. I thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to future case studies that we bring on the show and whatever we need to problem solve and get through it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Have a wonderful day. I appreciate it. This is Psychotecture by Rachel Malvald with coaching, consultation, and psychotherapy offered virtually and in home throughout the Los Angeles greater area and nationally. We work to ease design challenges to create transformative habitats. Thank you, and we look forward to the next episode and your questions, so don't forget to subscribe.